is where, where we are. That's how, that's how we sound to you? <laughs> I, I don't take that as insult. <laughs> uh, Bibi, uh, this is our third uh, podcast for the Slap Booth Show. Yes, welcome everybody. Welcome. And uh, But this is the first one when we actually have a guest. Well, one guest, yes. Right. Who actually uh, drive over to our, our suite. Yes. It is... Uh, who wants to say the name? We say it uh, probably together. Okay. Yes. One, two, three. James Urbaniak. Very well done. Oh, oh merci. merci. I have American friends who can't pronounce that name. Uh, oh. we, we do our research. We know it's Urbaniak. Urbaniak. Mm-hmm. Short egg. Not Urbaniak. Not, uh, not like maniac? No. Okay. Urbaniak. Okay, well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you uh, for you having found, me. You found the place okay? I did. It took a little while to find parking. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult. Uh, it's because we live above Cheetahs, there's, uh, which is a strip club. Uh, it's uh, constantly people wanting to park to see uh, strippers. But there's also a big turnover, so a guy pulled out. And oh, got so in. perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you know how it works at the strip club. I've, I've dabbled. In my in my youth, uh, there was some research. Research for a role. Uh, we, uh, James oui. is a is a actor. He is an actor. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. He researched for a role. Oh, speaks French too. It's oh, you speak French. Oh, I never spoke French to you. No. All the time we've known each other. It's so weird. Yes, very strange. Just on peut. On peut. Petit, petit, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a franglais. He's speaking French. Oui. James, why don't you tell us all about yourself? Well, I was born in uh, uh, a month uh, or two months before the Kennedy assassination. I remember <laughs> where I was in the crib <laughs> at the time. And, uh, and then I grew up in New Jersey. And then uh, I, of course, moved to New York, which is where we met uh, many years ago. And then uh, I moved to Los Angeles four years ago. Only four years ago? Ah, oui. Oh my goodness. We have known you. Uh, four and a half. Uh, we have uh, worked with you at the Cassoni show. Ah, yes. Since pretty much since you moved here. Because that was right. Uh, 2007. It was right after I moved here, I started doing Rudy Cassoni. Let's talk about that for a little bit because we have a show coming up actually. And uh, on uh, today is a Saturday. It uh, show is on, uh, on Ch- a Tuesday. Good Lord. Tuesday. You have a quick turnaround. I'm posting this, eh? Yes. yes. Well, that is the goal. We might have to edit <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other voices over into to say it is. The following one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't get it yeah. done in time. Exactly. How did you get involved with the Rudy Cassoni show? Well, I knew Toby Huss in New York in the early 90s when he was uh, doing, he used to do Sinatra. Pre Cassoni, he would, he would come out and do the same thing, but he called himself Frank Sinatra. I think I remember from MTV. We? Oui. Yes, uh, this he was first on the time MTV. I saw him. Yes, he did those little. He had started doing that. I was kind of part of the downtown theater scene, and there were a lot of kind of comedic late night kind of cabaret-type shows being done, and he used to be in these, and I remember when he first started performing, people would say, you've got to see this guy, you've got to see this guy, Toby Huss. He was sort of a sensation, everybody was talking about him. Mm. And I remember seeing him and really loving what he did, and then we became friendly, and uh, and then I did a couple of, like he had a couple of, it was a show a bunch of us worked on at a theater in New York, uh, a great theater called Cucaracha Theater, and he had a show called The Underground Soap, which was like a monthly, it's kind of comedy, Thing that was like different storylines, uh, month to month. It'd be like 10 minutes of one scenario with its own writer and actors, and then 10 minutes of another scenario with a whole different group. Oh. 10 minutes of, of another one, then the stories would sort of continue month to month. So at one point, Toby was part of the storyline that involved Sinatra and the Rat Pack. 
I forget, uh-huh. I forget why, if it took place in the early 60s or something, but I, uh, I showed up as Peter Lawford, oh. who was kind of a Rat Pack hanger on. Yes, he's, a, he's like the fifth Beatle, kind of. Yeah, he was like the fifth Rat Packer. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they had different guys playing members of the Rat Pack, so there was a whole Sinatra uh, kind of sketch that we did every month. And then, uh, and then he moved to L.A., uh, like in the later in the mid-90s or something. He left you behind? He left me behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sorry. And then uh, when I came out here, I called, uh, I emailed everyone I knew and said, I'm coming here. And it just so happened he was about to start Rudy Cazzoni again. In fact, it was the first time he'd performed live in years. Oh. Because he really just concentrated on the TV and the film. Well, uh, I, we went to, I don't Cinema. know if you went to, uh, I went to Cinema. the first uh, Rudy Cazzoni show and... Uh, was James there? Uh, James was there. I was very impressed. I was like, where did they find the perfect person to do an elephant bag of gin? But know. now, I don't even remember. You were, you, might, you were in the first one. No, 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 no. This you is were? A, no, the uh, first one was in September, and we did not join until December. We started as fans. Oh, well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we were just fans, and uh, we are lucky enough to be able Memory to Memory, it plays door. tricks on you. I know, that's, I, I write it all down in tiny books. Well, <laughs> which one did we join then? The second one? No, it December was first one, so it was September, I think, uh, oh, October, so that November. Was, yeah, it's pretty early on, though. Yes, but you are with it from beginning. Do you have a name in uh, in that show? James Urbania. Oh, <laughs> I never had a fake name. <laughs> Some people have done the. Everybody. Well, does. we also yeah. go by Good Bell Twins, so you know, yeah, us as well. Yeah. But uh, I think everybody. Well, not Rene. Rene. She has a persona. The well, yes. she, that's she doesn't dress like that in real life or you carry that big instrument. You have not hung out with her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have never seen her without a tiny hat on. And not without <laughs> tiny hat, not without a mouth like a sailor. Those yeah. things are absolutely true. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, we never thought of a fake name for me. I was always James. Just James. I can't remember, though, if your name is ever mentioned on stage. Occasionally. Yeah? He'll call me James. Will he? And I'll, I'll refer to myself sometimes. Really? You're not, but usually you're a senator, or... <laughs> well, that's James doing the character of the commercial. Uh, for those who haven't seen the Rudy Cassoni show, we have a sponsor, Elephant Bagger Gin. Yes. And uh, there's a recurring thing where we do a little on-stage commercials where I play uh, a southern senator and uh, a, uh, <laughs> a culturally dubious representation of a sort of vaudeville Indian chief. Which uh, was old Toby's idea. Well, uh, wasn't yes, mine. No, everything performed on stage is old Toby's <laughs> idea. So we're getting a little sculptory <laughs> thing out there. That's a large notebook filled with facts about me that you're looking at, Isn't apparently, in, in very small, detailed handwriting. Yeah, usually she writes in teeny book. <laughs> she has way too many things to write down, so she needs a big book. So, uh, so you come to LA. Ah, uh, oui. You are known for some things, some uh, acting things out here. Uh, one of those things, I think you start out here, maybe not, is a, uh, you, no, no, you must have started back in New York, uh, Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers. You started we back on East Coast. Started in, in East Coast. Yes. I like dropping the definite article, I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, I'm what, do you, what do you mean? It's, uh, <laughs> you can look it up. Okay. It started in East Coast, and uh, yes, that show started in, is based in New York. Based in New York, yes. And I recorded it there, and then when I moved here, they recorded uh, you know, the guys who created come in now and then, uh, or they're on the phone. Those are, it's a Jack Patch, as we say in the industry. Jack Jack Patch, Jacksy Public, Jacksy Pub, how do you say? Jacksy Public, Public, and, and uh, Dr. Hamburger. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> oui, Dr. Hammer. 
Doc Hammer. Doctor Hamburger, mm-hmm. like I said, yes, and Doc so they uh, they do a phone patch from the other coast. Uh, what uh, recording studio you do at? Uh, we kind of have bounced around to different ones. Do you, uh, Salami Studio? <coughs> I've been in Salami. It's a good studio. Yeah. How do you know? Um, what secret life you have? So you do a Doctor Venture. It's ah yes. Business, and um, he sounds a lot like you. He sounds like me, but with a different attitude. Uh, oh. It's sort of my voice with a more pissed off quality to it. Now, <coughs> Can we say it, that? Oh yeah. <coughs> is it possible for you to say, I am James Obanyak, but with a Dr. Venture accent? Oh yes. Can you, can you balance like that? The, uh... It would be a little weird, but we could try it. I'm James Obanyak. There you go. Wow. It's a little more trumpety. It's it a is. little more, uh, uh, less uh, sort of light cello and more uh, angry trumpet because uh, uh, james is a he's a very laid-back uh, individual uh, yeah, more laid-back sh- than dr you Bench. should have seen his face when he did that so yeah the whole face transforms oh my that's goodness. everyone's really robbed the perfor- half the performance the physical transformation itself is something no one sees because it's a cartoon character well we did see a live action uh, version yes. you had a ah we 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 on one of on the uh, dvds yes there's a little uh, sketch uh-huh uh Vignette. 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 Very nice. Where we play our our characters. It's a weird thing where we're sort of playing ourselves as actors playing the characters. So I'm still Dr. Venture. Yes. But I'm Dr. Venture in real life with a very cheap bald cap. No, what do you mean cheap? I thought it looked very good. I thought it looked great. Oh, thank you. They did some tweaking with the color to to make it blend in more. Oh, is that right? Okay. It's a meta. It kind of blew my mind. Mm. You know? Meta. 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 Weird. It's a French word. It's American too. So that is one thing. Uh, you know, there are some other things that uh, he has been acting in, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, we do our research uh, uh, on exclusively on Netflix. So we see, ah, yes. we see what is uh, available. Streaming. Netflix streaming, yes. Yes, Netflix yes. yes. Uh, what is still called Netflix streaming. Yes, it's not called uh, Quickster or whatever. Or they do, whatever they were going to call it. Yeah. do. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, some things uh, we can ask you about. Uh, uh, for film. Ex- for f- film. 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 Oui. Well, in, not only that. You know, we see uh, on there. Did you see? Did you catch him in weeds? Uh, no. Uh, he says a word finger bang. It kind of made my ears what? bleed. But you know, besides that, do you remember? I do. I u- I do use the word uh, the verb finger bang. Uh, yes. It's American uh, uh, neologism. What does it mean? Uh, That's it, okay. Yeah, I think it has to do with when you point your finger and go bang bang. Oh, a yes. little gun. Uh, like simulate a gun. Yes. Okay. So that was fun. Um, we try to stay away from violence on this uh, podcast, so I ah, indeed. Uh, hesitant to have you say it, but haven't we all in the last ten years? Mm. If you can catch my meaning. Uh, we see. Which I do. We see another. We see another uh, film. Uh, how do we want to introduce this? You know, maybe we sing a little bit and you tell us what film we're talking about, okay? Oh, great. Okay, so... In that reference I, you, to the film. You, okay. Let's point I it at I you. I think I already know what you're going to sing. Then, uh, you, then, then you should sing along. Oh, um, not sure about that. Uh, is it famous musical? Well, I sing it to you. Right. You tell me. <clears throat> Get me coffee. Kiss my ass. Cappuccino skin. Kiss my ass. Sometimes she may get the blues. But everyone must pay their dues. Faxis Xerox Z. Wow, my mind's a blank. Are those the little known lyrics to a jazz song from the 30s? 
Mm. Possibly, originally. Because I was in Sweet and Lowdown, the Woody Allen film that's no, a see that, in the 30s. But that that, they didn't usually use ass and lyrics back then. Or, or facts or Xerox. So it but wasn't. Cole Porter was a visionary. But you, I know that you're on Sweet and Lowdown, but uh, that was not streaming. Uh, this mm. movie. That Now, is this an actual song in the film? It is a first uh, opening. There's the opening scene and then the song. And then it goes into the rest of the film. You're not, maybe you did not watch this film. Maybe I haven't seen it. How many? A lot of, I love actors who say I never saw it. Never saw the film. It has references to Xerox and faxing. Yes, and, uh, get, and me a, get me a cappuccino. Cappuccino. Get me cappuccino. Get me coffee. This is fascinating. Sometimes she may get the blues, but everyone must pay their dues. Interesting. It's not Legally Blonde too. Red, White and Blonde. No. Were you, you were in that as well? Yeah, we. I, I, I oh do like goodness. that he said the entire name because <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough to say uh, like not. Uh, uh, Legally Blonde 2. I showed restraint not saying colon in the middle of well. those two phrases though. It was implied. I saw it in my mind. The way you presented it, it appealed the in my mind. Colon. Yeah, implied colon. That's the name of my uh, yes. <laughs> upcoming book. Can I join uh, whatever it is? Upcoming <laughs> book. It's an academic <laughs> tome. It's an academic tome about uh, okay. uh, speech and you know, that it's a far a, too highbrow for this discussion. I think that could be a slim volume of uh, acting uh, advice. That yes, you could the make implied a, colon. Yes, It exactly. has to do with pauses, subtext. Yes. So uh, I'm still fascinated by this. I don't remember this. I what can I ask you? What genre of music this song is in? Since kind of, it's a, like a musical number. Oh, you are referring to uh, Linton. Linton, <laughs> which uh, is a uh, an unfortunate film. I can't believe you saw that film. Well, I didn't see all of it. Let's be honest with that part. Uh, it got to a, uh, a certain point. I, that is, I, I was not expecting that. What? No one has ever referenced that film in an interview with me. Well, it was, it's a streaming film. I, I watch it. It's an incredibly streaming film. Uh, incredibly accessible to us on Netflix. It has a, a very good actual Amazing. cast of people in it. It has a Gwyneth Paltrow. What about the scenes where you can't actually hear the dialogue? The scenes well, where there are sound issues. Did you watch? That probably didn't matter because uh, they're speaking quickly and it's in English. So probably just that probably okay, passes you by anyway. I yeah, will, yeah. I will tell you what. This is what happened. Okay, I watch this uh, opening number for the film. I watch. Uh, I'm watching film, watching film. Mm -hmm. There is a scene uh, uh, sitting around the conference table. They are discussing um, something. I don't remember exactly. Yes, it's a spoof on the fashion business. Yes, it's like years before. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. It was it was blazing the trail. Yes, it, it was exactly. Uh, so they're sitting around the conference table discussing uh, something that apparently is, is uh, very good. Uh, I play a kind of uh, Fifi Gaga fashionist. Yes. A gentleman. I wear sunglasses for the whole film. Yes, he does. Uh, they are round sunglasses. They are rectangular. A rectangular. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the uh, camera is pointed onto James, and he goes in most deadpan voice. I have goosebumps. Yes, it's my best moment. And I laugh out loud and I say, if this film is not getting any better, I turn it off. Mm -hmm. So that was my experience. That's the high point of the film. It really was funny. It was <laughs> my <laughs> my <laughs> reading of I have goosebumps is the best moment. It actually was incredibly hilarious. I actually watch, okay, I watch a couple minutes more, but I understand that that is the best that this film is going to get. It's all I needed to see. You are very good in this film. So everyone, uh, please watch watch your first no, first, <laughs> first twenty minutes of intern. <laughs> it's not worth your Netflix time, but uh, I commend you. You're the first. I've done a lot of podcast interviews that have talked about my career, and never has anyone ever mentioned intern. 
And uh, I mean, with all due respect to all the lovely people involved. I did meet uh, Peggy Lipton, uh, uh, the beautiful Peggy Lipton from the Mod Squad and uh, Twin Peaks. She's in the film. It seemed like a lot of good people were in this film. And I have a scene with Joan Rivers. See, that is good. And, uh, she was at the table, at the conference table. She, yeah, we have a couple scenes okay. where she and I are present. She was very nice to me. We had a scene where I just walked in with her and uh, some, they, they had some real life people doing cameos who were like in the fashion world. Oh. And I forget who they were, but like a couple of real life, like fashion type guys meet her and they say, hello, hello. And I remember thinking, you know, they should recognize me because we're both supposed to work for the magazine. Oh, yes. But I remember not even <laughs> bringing it up. That would make sense. That would make and sense. I, and I didn't even, I lost the will to even bring it up to the director. Were they... Like, uh, they should talk to me, too. Did they know I'm that they were we in shoot. a film? We shoot. We shoot. <laughs> Maybe they didn't know they were in a film or something. Perhaps. I think a lot of people didn't realize they were in a film oh. during that. The, uh, the uh, boom is, operator, There's perhaps never been not. as much discussion about this film anywhere, by the way. Not just podcast interviews with me. But in all broadcast media since 2000, well, no one has spent any time discussing that film. Like I said, it was a film that... <laughs> <laughs> it was available. It had good intentions and... Uh, uh, it was never, there was never a real release. I remember they oh, rented really? a theater. Oh. Yes. Well, they spent <laughs> oh. money. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Dommage. So it never had a theatrical release? It had no release? theatrical release. Direct then to I, DVD? It probably, was, it probably was direct to VHS. It was oh, so long ago. Please. It may have been DVD. And uh, I'm not even sure if I own a copy. <laughs> we need to get, well, Christmas <laughs> no, is no, coming I'm up. No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. So it did a lot for all of us. They, yeah. It just didn't quite have, it just didn't quite land. Let's put it that Sometimes way. it happens that way, you know. You I'm sure it. those people would probably agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Well, enough time has passed, you know. Enough time has passed. Yeah. You did not have an Argent back then, yes? Uh, I did. I had had one for like a couple of years. Okay. Because that was actually right after my... It was like a year after my, the thing that allowed me to make a living at this, which was a great film. Was it called, hold on, was it called, <laughs> was it called, uh, uh, I wrote it down, Henry Fool. Ah, oui. <laughs> it was from uh, 97. By Hal Hartley, or as you French people say, Alatli. 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 Yes. I know you don't like to pronounce H's. Only What's that about? What, what, what H? I'm sorry, what is H? H is a letter of the alphabet that French people don't like to pronounce. It's a, it's kind of boring. Hamburger. <coughs> yes. Oh. Hello. Henri Foul. Henri Foul, directed by Alain. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, no, we, it's just one of those things, you know. It's like you might have time for Ash, but we don't, yeah. Well, I didn't, don't have time for it. Yes, yeah. that's the main It's just a little... Exactly. Also, uh, you know, the last half of our words we're not too fond of either. You know, right. we, we like to S's make a never pronounce the S in plurals. Uh, you know, actually, there's some there's some letters in the middle of the word that we don't. We like already to touched on the. Don't like saying the. Which is yes. Even though everything in your own language is la this and la that. Exactly. You're obsessed with it, but then when you speak English, you drop the the. We take. A I guess that's just a sort of pride. I'm not going to give you the the. If it's not a la, you can't have the the. He did a snap. He did a saucy <laughs> snap. He did, I think part of that movie rubbed up all for him. I saw intern? that. Yes, in turn, exactly. That was a saucy uh, character. Uh, perhaps mm. you did that in the movie? Do you remember? I don't rem I may have done a little gesture like that. He did a point. snap in a Z formation, something like uh, that. We, just so that was popular back then. For those yes. who cannot see. Yes. But yes, so Henry Fool was made, shot in 97? According to my notes, it says, and also your interview with Kevin Pollack, it was 97. It was shot in 97, it came out in 98. And that was the film that allowed me to get an agent and start making a living at this. 
and then so the intern was probably like right in the beginning, the first year or so of my having an agent and going out and going on film auditions. And you were happy to get that show, that uh, intern show? At the time. Yes. I thought it could be fun. But we're all very naive then in the pre-9-11 days. That oh. is, that's <laughs> the reason, exactly. So, but Henry Fool was a good experience. Henry Fool was a wonderful experience. It's a great film. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. It's not streaming on a Ah, uh, well, yeah. I'll lend so. it to you. Please do. I have yes. a DVD. You do have yes. a copy of that. Oh, yes. Okay, good. That I can. That I'm very proud of. I would love to see that. That I can speak about. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a really funny, wonderful movie about a, uh, a guy who uh, I play this sort of nebbishy, socially awkward, shy geek who lives with his mom and his sister, played by Parker Posey. Oh, she's Parker good. Posey. She's Parker good. Posey. Yes. Oh, yes. Parker Posey. Plays my sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, this uh, strange man comes into our lives named Henry Fool, and he uh, rents a room from us, and he has a kind of grandiose personality. He calls himself an artist, a writer. He's had all these adventures, ostensibly, that he's talked about. He's a kind of dangerous character. He pursues the daughter. He, he even sleeps with the mother. He's a sort of crazy force of nature. And then he becomes sort of my mentor. And the film is about the two of us and our kind of dynamic. I end up, he encourages my character to write. I end up becoming a famous writer. It's a whole sort of novelistic uh, epic. It sounds epic. It is. It's, a, it's not a comedy. It is, well, it is very funny. Is it? Okay. It, it, I would say it is a comedy. Is it a dramedy? You could say it's a dramedy. I did. <clears throat> they, there's a review, there was a wonderful review by Janet Maslin in the New York Times where she did use the phrase hilarious comedy and they put that on the box, which I've always felt is slightly misleading. It's not dumb and dumber. <laughs> it's like, you know, although there, is, is, a, uh, there is a toilet, there's a big toilet uh, defecation sequence in the film. It mixes the lowbrow and the highbrow. Mm. Eyebrow. 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 <laughs> and as it were, the lowbrow. You know, it's, the lowbrows are out these days, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And uh, it's a great film. I highly recommend it. That is one My of house them. movies are always uh, really funny, but in a kind of understated way. Right. Well, when we send back Human Centipede, we can get uh, that movie from Netflix. Human centipede. Uh, that's a yes. We do have that. Yeah, I'm not in that. Just to clear up any confusion. Oh no, uh, no, no. But no. you are in a human centipede anonymous. Ah, Segway. <laughs> inventor of the term. He, your people. He called us out. That's on why segway. you're so good at segways. Your people invented that word. Pee -pee. I thought we were being so, but we do really have human centipede. So. Oh, I know. Okay, so it's legit. Human centipede anonymous <laughs> is a sketch written uh, by John Daly that's on Funny or Die, wherein I play the therapist for a, uh, uh, a, a group, group therapy of men who are in a human centipede. It's uh, three men, yes. It is three men. To Steve Agis. Steve Agis, uh, Rob Hubel, which is a yes. wonderful French name. Yes, it is. Okay. And uh, all Frenchmen, and Jean Deli. Jean Deli, yes. Deli, Agis, and Hubel. Oui, oui, oui. <laughs> They're playing Americans. Yes. Their American accents are very convincing. They are. For three French guys. Uh, almost as good as They ours. use all their thes. You want oh, to yes. tell a little bit more about uh, uh, Human Centipede Anonymous? No, it's just a funny sketch that's like five minutes long. You can see on the funny or die. I wanted to ask one question. It's kind of gross, but uh, yes. was that a stunt poo? Yes, okay. that, uh, yes. I forget what they made it out of. Okay, that's all we I think they I made it out of organic materials. Uh, yeah, I remember. I, in fact, uh, somewhere on my phone there's a, a picture of the bucket that they created that mixture in. Kind of gloves. Yes, you know. there's excrement in the sketch, but you have to address that if you're going to well, you comedically address the human centipede franchise. 
Exactly. Franchise. So have you seen Human Centipede? I have not. And nor had anyone involved in that sketch. The creator of the sketch. The only person who watched it was the makeup artist who actually did a great, did makeup on the three Frenchmen uh, to make it look like they had slowly healing scars. No, technically there's only two of them with the scars on the face. No, ah, yes. Well, there are only two in the sketch because that's the point is that A.G. was the head and so yes. he had it not as bad. They were one centipede. Mm. Yes. But so John Daly, who wrote that sketch, uh, said he did. He had no interest in watching it. Just he knew enough to write the sketch. <coughs> and, well, uh, uh, but the makeup woman, she did a good job. She did a very good job. It's exactly what I imagine because <laughs> we have seen this movie, of course. Uh, ah, we. Oui. Uh, it's it's what I imagine the faces to look like. It's kind of a this uh, like triangle right there with a mm. lot of crap around. Uh, now there is a second uh, centipede movie. There's a new one. That's, there's yes, supposed to be a second out. one. Uh, it's, it's, it's I believe out. it's out. Yes, people have seen it. Uh, yeah. I have not seen it. I'm, I have not yet seen it. Yes, we maybe uh, maybe on Thanksgiving or something when yeah. we're with mm. the family we get it. Okay, human centipede check. <laughs> Intern check. Only food check. Venture Brothers. Everyone loves Venture Brothers. You want to say a little uh, anecdote about uh, something that happened when you work at that show? You know, something hilarious. Well, uh, I could talk about the creation of the character of Doctor Venture. Sure. The first day, mm -hmm. day one. Yes, please. When I went in the booth and I said uh, I had met Jackson, and he asked me to do that pilot, and so we did the. I showed up to do it, and uh, I thought, well, he's Dr. Venture. He's a sort of funny, professorial character. So I kind of came in, and I sort of did a little thing like this, like a little rubbery, you know, Billy West, the voice actor. He does this. He tends to do these kind of professor or something, and there's a little... He's a fly. Fly on the future one, huh? Oui. Yes, he's and, and, he's and also and another guy on there, and he, he does this kind of thing. He likes to do a little Larry Fine. From the, are you familiar with the Three Stooges? Yes. Huh? Oh yes. yes. You know, you know Larry. Do they show those in the hey. where you grew up? Les trois idiots. Les trois idiots. So uh, I kind of did this thing and Jackson said, yeah, you can lose a little of that rubbery professorial, just, just less cartoony. And so then I took a little out and he said, yeah, let's stop. Yeah, even less, even less. And then finally he just kept paring it down until, like we said before, it was just my voice, but with a different informed by a certain energy and attitude. Is it easier just to do a, your own voice, to show up and just say, I, I'm doing me but with attitude, as opposed to like doing crazy voice? Well, it, sometimes it's, one has to muster up the, uh, the attitude. Hmm. Sometimes it takes a few rounds to get back into that, especially if you, we've been away for a while. I have to remember sort of how to do it. You have exercise that you do to... Uh... <laughs> Years ago, there was a guy in New York, who, uh, my voiceover guy, he would say, he said, I wake up and I do my exercises into my pillow. Because he lived in New York and, and oh. had, you know, oh. neighbors. It's and he wanted to go, ah, yeah, 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 through vocal. So, <laughs> so I don't, but I like to say that. I do my you exercises do into, your into my pillow. Because <laughs> I could imagine, you know, to do an accent for a long period of time would be hard. Yeah, exhausting. Do you do any dialects? Uh, we do Southern. Can you? Oh, I'd love to hear it. I want to hear your Southern like American. A, we do like or a Southern France. Uh, southern. No, it's Southern American. Yeah. Let's hear it. What should we say? What's a good line? Yes. Uh, hey, hey, y'all's, y'all's grits are ready. Okay. <coughs> hey, y'all's grits are ready. Hey, y'all's grits are ready. Not bad. Not bad. Do Fifi also does Bostonian accent. Oh, I love it. Okay, say, uh, say, uh, 
Hey, uh, yeah, your sister's wicked hot. And go. Say that. Your, your sis. No, Bostonian. I know. Sisters. Wicked hot. Wicked nice, hot. and you actually, there was a little pronunciation of the H there. I know. They say H. I, I appreciate that. I know that was hard for you. It's hurting. Well like you need uh, warm water with the salt and... With the lemon yeah. and uh, some honey you need to stuff That's like good. That. Thank you. It's not easy for French people to do American. It's no, not. No, no, no. But it, we practice, you know. We, we practice a... Uh, did you bring a demo CD that he can uh, give to the customer? Yeah. Friend? Okay. Um, speaking of Boston, we met you in New York uh, when we were... Yes. Um, 13, actually. Yes, and at the old uh, Club Fondue downtown. Club Fondue, yes. All, uh, yeah, I think that's what it was called. It was Club Fondue. In the 90s, I did some club hopping, you know, as what? a young person in New York. You were, I have to say, okay, we, went to, we came to New York for one summer to be au pair uh, when we were 13 years old, and um, we didn't know anybody at all. We heard about this uh, expat uh, club called uh, Club Fondue, and we go there um, yes, and I had been dating a French girl at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and she brought me there mm-hmm. uh, because it was all French people. Yeah, and you, well, you spoke a little French, yes. Just a little bit. Yeah, enough to uh, get you in the door. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how you remember it because I don't think we've ever talked about this since we saw you again in Los Angeles. I didn't even know if he uh, remembered. He us. does, obviously. Yes, I know now. I do remember. No, I, I know. Do remember. But like first night of Rudy Cassoni show, I wasn't going to go. Do you remember me? That's a good point. From age thirteen, you know, I just I did not want to bring it up. I thought. Why? Anyway, so tell the story. Well, what? No, let's hear your vision. Oh well, I just remember being there, and uh, you two were trying to uh, create a musical act. I have a memory of the two of you on a table singing. Yeah. But it wasn't an official. It wasn't a, like a performance space in the club. You just sort of co-opted this table. Yeah. But you, we, you, you drew a crowd, and it was obvious that you had a natural charisma. That is a, that's sweet to hear. Uh, we, yeah, we did not know really what we are doing. We just had this passion, and we... I mean, I knew you were wearing those, those glowing rave stick things, yeah. which also drew attention to you. Oh, it's what Americans uh, were wearing at the yeah. time. Yeah, what we thought, you know. I still it seemed like the thing to do. Still look cute, I think. Yeah, yeah. and you had like green and blue hair. We, we come here and uh, we think, um, to be honest, you know, we watch American movies. We yes. think everybody has this hair. We come club here, kids. club club kids, yeah. Not everybody has this hair, but no, you know, no. I think it. We know in help France, us uh, sometimes uh, the trends get to France maybe like four years. Well, later. now we know that. Yes, now we know that, yeah. but. You know, it takes a while to get across the Atlantic. Well, that's very charming. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you noticed us, and uh, I remember your girlfriend not too happy. Veronique, she <laughs> was kind of... Uh, yeah, Veronique. I can't believe you remember her name. Uh, she, she had some words for us in only in French. I won't tell you what they were. Mm-hmm. But, uh, pardon her French. Yes, exactly. She did not pardon her own French, though. And it well, was there was nothing untoward. No, no, it no, of course not. It about, you know... It was just, it was you no know... Polanski-esque... Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it didn't ever cross my mind business. to be no, like that. It didn't cross mine either, but you know, she's a French woman and that they, I guess she went there. You see now that you're adults, you can see where she was no, taking the, the uh, Lolita uh, dynamic. Yeah, mm. you know, it's like she probably thought I'm... Even though Lolita was an American girl, you know what I'm saying? Yes. She I thought, uh, I'm only French lady in this town, this is my town. You know, I have an American boyfriend, I'm doing so good. Oh look, he's talking to other French ladies, you know, or girls as we were. And I can see it's maybe, fee. Fee, yes, she could be insecure, but whatever. Yeah. She was, you know, she worked in publishing. 
She wanted to write. She did. Did she succeed in that? Uh, she she had little notebooks, just oh. like you, you do. And How uh, small was her writing? She she published a zine back then. Oh, she this did before the internet. Right, right. So she had a, she had a zine. Zero uh, that uh, yeah, it had a lot to do with uh, I don't know her and these sort of 19th century drawings of her in 19th century dresses, like uh, that was her burning thing. the holes out of burning the eyes out of little dolls and things. Oh. It was a, there, there was a sort of movement among young women back then. Who, they were obsessed with femme de sacle. Oh, uh, I see. Yes, uh, okay. turn of the century yes, yes. sort of female iconography. Yes, I never quite understood what that. You know, was I about. wish I knew. I wish she was not such mm -hmm. a uh, b word to us because uh, that, that was something that would have been very yeah. awesome to talk to her about. You know, but yeah, she was great. She played the ukulele. Yeah, and, she uh, could have she been. She worked a for a textbook publisher. Oh, so she maybe uh, had some. Uh, sadness then if she is so creative and she did and I don't think she ever and and my uh, I was starting to get a name for myself downtown mm. I, uh, um, music well Pardon? he was he was an actor number one I was an actor but I got into the music producing uh, sort of by accident yes I remember from standing on the table looking down at uh, I was in a in a ecstasy at that point I have to say you know first night finally out in Figuratively, or were you on the drug ecstasy uh, it might have been in my drink uh, i did not take that it myself somebody well. gave me a candy that was shaped like a heart but i did not eat it uh, did it have a tigger probably a wise it? choice did it have a tigger uh, it had an eel. Okay. Glad you did not eat. Yes. I was so a it was a wise choice. I, 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 even I knew, you know, don't put a sh heart shaped candy given to you by man in cat and hat hat. Mm. Exactly. Don't, don't have that in your mouth. That's smart, because uh, we'll probably never see you again. So I, I remember being on the table looking down to see this man with his uh, little rectangle shaped glasses and his big blue eyes. He's staring up at yes. us. And um, he just put his hand out. He said, girls, uh, you are the ones I've been looking for. I had a friend back then. He was a DJ, DJ Dixicup. He was always encouraging me to produce stuff, to do music. He had all this equipment uh, in his apartment. And uh, I thought, you know, I could, I could do this now. Uh, and I remember calling him up. You call him that night? You go to a payphone that night and call I him? I did. Or? I called him. That's right. And I was a payphone. It seemed like when you approach us, you already have a song in mind. It, it seemed like everything, all the wheels already in motion. He needed the one last element, his little uh, muses uh, to yes. uh, perform. I had been thinking about this idea for a song. Mm -hmm. I, I just opened the dictionary and I had seen the word banana frosting. And I remember thinking, that is a title. You know, it sounded a little... Whatever, you know, I mean, let's be honest. It sounds very sweet. It sounds sweet, but it also sounds, it could be salacious. We don't quite know. Does it, is that's that a sort metaphor of same as something. delicious? Is it? But it was, it was a kind of, for me, it was sort of like Malcolm McLaren and uh, I Want Candy, the girl. She was a teenager, uh, and yet that's mm -hmm. candy. Mm -hmm. A girl loves candy, candy, but was it also about sex? It was, look, I, I'll admit, I freely admit there was an exploitational element there. I did not. But it was purely commercial. I didn't My get any My motives were essentially financial. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't understand that at the time? No. Singing banana frosting? I want to no. lick banana frosting. No, it's that didn't occur to you? No, of course not. Did you even know what banana frosting was? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, no. And you, you're still not part of it? Do you feel bad about that now? No. That I, I had you sing a song called Banana Frosting that may have had a... Double uh, entente. I was going to say. Quality. You might be familiar with that uh, French. We never phrase. discussed mm -hmm. it. 
No, I, I just, just figured he you was were a... French and you were you were already teenagers, so you knew. Uh, no, it, it just well, it didn't matter because I mean it got some minor play in, in the local clubs. Did it, you know, that night was not the night we recorded. James took us by the hand outside to the limo. He take us only to uh, a diner for. Uh, so we American had a American milkshake and hamburger. Yeah. And then he take us home, and we did. I did. I took you to the Lemon Line Diner on Sixth Avenue. On Sixth like Avenue. On like Twenty Fourth Street or whatever. It was uh, so impressive to us. It's like, I don't. I don't even think we said where we wanted to go. He just knew, you know, milkshake. You know, was. Uh, it just seemed like a nice. Well, that's my favorite kind of meal. First of all burger and fries in a diner, personally. Mm. It's my favorite meal. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just wanted you to have a nice classic American meal. But I remember you didn't touch your hamburger. No. I'm vegetarian. vegetarian yes. And I remember you, you, you actually shivered at the ketchup. Like you, you looked at the ketchup and, and there was a frisson. There was a shiver. Yeah, uh, we, you betrayed. Uh, it's not something like that a, we Like eat. a physical reaction. Right. I, uh, Tell me about thought it. We, uh, if there's one thing you, the French hate more than the word the and the letter H, it's ketchup. I d we don't need it's to like talk a, it's like it. It's like a tomato took a dump, you know? We're not going to eat that, okay? That's not going on. That's a, I can understand where you're coming from now. You know, I was going to say earlier, we mentioned defecation, excrement. I was waiting for number three waffles to... Uh, I'm sorry, PB. Thank no, I say thank you. Oh, I thank you. Waiting okay. for okay. It and yeah. The dump. All right. See, I say the, the dump. Europeans have a much more relaxed attitude towards that subject than Americans. Americans are so uptight about it. They are. Yeah. And, I, anyway, and I like things in threes, so that explains all that. Definitely. So we did not see you, though, again for two months. Uh, the night before we leave for, to go home, you show up in your limousine, you uh, knock on the door, you say, ladies, uh, we're ready to record. And uh, where yeah. did you take us? We have a limo, and we went to DJ Dixie Cups. Uh, uh, not, not his apartment, but his uh, girlfriend's apartment. Mm -hmm. And they, I remember very well they were doing a photo shoot for uh, a downtown magazine yeah. in the apartment. At the time, there was a lot of hubbub. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember they took some pictures of you, which I don't know what happened to those. Oh, I'd love to see those. Wouldn't that be great? That yes, to see ourselves. It was, uh, it was way, it was down on Greenwich Street, if you know, remember, way downtown, in a big loft. And I remember the thing about that loft, they had set up a volleyball net in that loft. Mm -hmm. And I remember you two playing volleyball in that loft. Oh my God, I felt like I was 11 again, you know, just playing. Me too. Right, you felt two years younger. Yes. <coughs> There's a big difference in France between oh, yeah, 11 and 13. Grow up very quickly. And then there was a guy running around with a very clunky old video camera. You know, it's all they had he, at the It's time. like he, it uh, had two parts, big part here. One over shoulder yeah. and yes. one, yeah. And uh, it was just kind of a, a classic New York moment. But we all went up on the roof, I remember oh that. Oh my God, yeah. We went on the roof and we, we smoked pot and, uh, well, we did not and smoke listened pot. to, uh, I don't know what we listened, it might have been Portishead? Back then, it was very popular back then. Something, or Cowboy Junkies, it was something very mellow. It was Porter's Head. That they were <laughs> it was a Live in Roseland album. And then I remember uh, uh, DJ Dixie Cup threw a, a bottle of beer off the roof, which I thought, this is a bad scene. I'm getting out of here now. That just disturbed me. Uh, yeah, he, he actually, I remember he hit you on the sh shoulder. He said, watch me, James. Yeah. And you seemed so excited. And then I watched your face just fall. I didn't, I didn't like that. No, you take us. Uh, you take us out of there. I'm not aware that the bottle hit anybody, but I kind of felt like this is over. In a sense, that was the end of that was the end of that era for me. Really? That was the end of the era. Yeah, when that, that bottle night. went off the roof. It's so symbolic. 
Did you feel it like explode in your heart? In some way? In a and sense. Yeah. In a sense. You want the tissue? I'm fine. It's amazing. I've never actually told that story on a podcast before. Second, There are a lot of uh, precedents. Yeah. This is the most extraordinary podcast. I feel like I'm transported back to that time right now. Sitting here right now, I feel like the old... 90s downtown New York. Yeah. I have a the shiver, clubs and the lofts. And yes. Yeah, it was quite a time. And then uh, right after that is when the grunge movement started, and that changed it all for me. Yeah, did you like it or not? I loved it. You loved it. You loved it more than the uh, club. Yes, scene. it was real. I grew a go goatee. You were. Flannel. I started wearing flannel shirts. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then I, I kind of disavowed all that. Uh, right. All that fancy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that, that was an element of glamour to that world, oh my. the club world, and the. Uh, but it was fake, you know. It was all shine well, it's all and fake. no. I don't know. Grunge movement, I think, is very sincere movement. You know, it's a reject of the parents. You know, reject a lot of emotion when you are screaming into a microphone. Yeah, you get a lot of uh, the feeling mm. out or the repression. You can say f f you shower. I don't need you. No, f you clean my socks. Yes, I don't need you either. I remember there was a, a young man at that party. He was probably like, he was probably like a little older than you, like 17, and he came up to me very sweetly and said, "Are those?" girls related to you? And I said, well, no, they're just friends. And he said, could I take them for a walk around the block? Remember him asking. I don't remember if he did. Yeah, we did. He walked around the block with that kid. He was a nice enough dude. You remember that? Uh, Hansel. Oh, yeah. Was that his name? Yep. Was he German? Uh, he was Dutch. Oh, I see. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, he's, for some reason, he still treats us like you're our father. I you're still in touch with him? Well, we are on Facebook, yes. You yeah. can you be oh, in touch with course. anyone. Uh, you should uh, look into my friends list and find under Ash, uh, Ansel, and uh, you guys could be friends too. I guess we could. I th he was very sweet. Yeah, he, he actually, we stay pen pals with him uh, after we leave. But, you know, we never hear from you again. It's funny. Yeah, uh, I got into a whole thing. That's good to hear because we were worried that uh, maybe the recording we did was not... Well, after uh, the grunge period, then I got into the independent film period and Henry Fool happened. And mm -hmm. I thought I was really going places. And you forget about your past. I was forgetting about, yeah. I yeah. Was, uh, <sighs> so the song turned out okay? It all turned out okay that we can sit here in this apartment above a strip club in Los Angeles in uh, the mid-2000s. Well, that's good. Oh, the late 2000s. What year is it? Uh, it's 2011. Yeah, so see, I'm uh, still... I know. Don't you feel like you're back there? I feel like it's 2005 again. Yeah. Mon Dieu. Is there anything else we need to do to wrap this up? I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to... What? No, uh, but uh, can, you, can it be something you don't tell anyone else? Because uh, you've already... Two things have come up that has never been discussed before. Ah, Maybe number true. three? Yes. Number three? A third, a great secret that nobody knows about. That would be good, yes. Well, yes, I haven't discussed this. Well, I, I don't know if it's going to work out, but I'm going to uh, New York uh, to uh, tomorrow for a callback for a uh, theater, Theatre, mm, oh. mm -hmm. uh, a, a play at the uh, Carter Theater, a very prominent regional theater in Princeton, New Jersey. And they're going to do a production of Tom Stoppard's Travesties in uh, March uh, of uh, 2012. 
right? We? We? And uh, I am being flown by them for a callback to that production. I went on tape. Oh. So this is all very exciting. So if you hear this, you can Google travesties at the MacArthur and see whether or not they had the good sense to put me in it. Is it like and a if they voting did, box? You can go see it if you're listening to this prior to March of 2012 and if you're on the East Coast. I know this is kind of a regionalist show. It's sort of it's very much about your performing in LA. Oh, but but I think you could expand to national We are audience. going to it's going to well it's right now it's huge in uh, in yes. France, so but we like to uh, branch out to East Coast. Yeah, yeah. If so we can go so that far, we that's can. that's the next maybe project would be doing a play, which I haven't done a play in six years or, or a proper play. So I'm hoping that'll work out, but you never know. It we might not. We have positive thoughts me. for yes. you. If there is, if they should use you. I mean, they're going yeah. to be fooled not to. Yes. If you find yourselves in New York, I'll see if I can get you get you into the show. <gasps> it's in New Jersey, but it's like doing a show in New York. Yes. I don't know. That wasn't that secrety, really. But that, that was, uh, well, it kind of it's was. I usually don't talk about things that I'm up for because it always feels awkward if you don't get them. But you're so talented. You're going Thank to get you. it. So Thank you know, you. if well, he does I'm not get it, it's their, their mistake. We know it's that. their mistake, yes. and then we can recognize that. Well, people uh, can now, everyone knows, to call that theater <laughs> in the next couple of days and <laughs> to make a request. <laughs> yes. Yes. Are you selling tickets for the James Urbaniak travesties? Exactly, yes. exactly. Or you could say travesties uh, featuring James Urbaniak. You know, mix it up. We don't want everyone calling and saying the same mm. thing. Saying the same thing. Yeah. No. Right, yeah. yeah. Or you could say it will be travesty if you do not cast. Ah, uh, oui, oui. That's, well that's American joke? Yes. American words? No, that's good. That's oh, good wordplay. That's one of uh, the first words I learned in. Uh, travesty. Uh well, uh, we say uh, thank you and goodbye to James uh, Baniak right now. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, it's been so PD pleasure PD. to have you. It was wonderful to be reunited like this. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, usually we see James mostly when we are doing Cassoni show or when he's at our birthday party and we're playing with his very soft hands. Those are most uh, two most times when we see him. Yes. Mm. So we don't get to talk much about his... Uh, his history when yes. he's busy playing with his soft hands at uh, our birthday party, you know. So this has been very nice. Thank you. Merci, merci. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir.